morning everybody I think that just to follow on from what Pastor Julie just said then was that there's another line in that song that says I will never let you down and and I think that as people put their hands up today they were putting their hands up knowing that he was never going to let them down so I think that we should have confidence in that as much as he's the person who can actually do it so um uh, yeah, have confidence in that, everybody. I was told by Zali to let the band go down because last week Pastor Bruce um, didn't actually let you go. So thank you. You can go and sit down. Thank you, Zali. Um, if you've been following along with the uh, um, uh, message series, um, I'm going to be preaching today on humility or being humble. And it's probably one of the f uh, hardest things that I've had to actually work through um, throughout my life is just getting to a point where I understand that I need to be. It doesn't mean that I always am, but uh, it's something that's a journey for me and no doubt is a journey for all of us. And uh, I want to talk a bit about that today. Because we all know life can be pretty hard. It's not as hard for us as it is maybe for some others. But the hardest part that I've always found is that I need to be willing to accept help from others. And quite often when um, people kind of step into my world and tell me that I need to do something or what I should be doing, um, I find that quite a challenge. And I've had to learn to humble myself in that situation. And when I was growing up, um, I grew up in a fairly traditional church um, as a kid. And humility... Well, what I saw humility was, was meek and poor and quiet and sit in the corner and don't be seen. And that's what I saw when it came to humility. Now, that's obviously not right, but that was the perception I had. And I thought, well, I'm not interested in any of that, so I'm going to go and try and do life alone. And, uh, and so I did. And 53 years later... There's a bit of a spoiler alert to say that you can't do life on your own and you can't do life without humility. You actually need to make sure that you see other people in the light that they actually have been created in. And what does it mean to be humble? Well, humility gives us the freedom to live a life which is free of pride and arrogance. Now, that doesn't mean we can't be competitive. It doesn't mean that we can't strive for more or to be a leader in a certain situation. But people with humility have an inner peace and a strength that is hard to actually pinpoint what it actually is. It's not something that you can do on your own. And as much as taking the step to, to be humble or to have humility is something we have to do, actually being able to do it is something that we don't necessarily have the strength to do unless we continue to look to God. Obviously, people who aren't humble are the opposite. They are arrogant. They are conceited, egotistical, and that was the old me. Um, and it wasn't a good place to be. And I just want to share a little bit of my story because about 2006, I think it was, Tegan and I worked at the same workplace and, and one thing led to another and, and we started dating. And... That was, uh, thanks Laurie, um, 
And that was uh, all kept on the lowdown because in a work situation when you start dating someone, you don't want to tell everyone straight away in case it doesn't work out because that's all too hard to explain what actually happened. But for us, it was a, a little bit odd because when everybody found out that we were dating each other, it was the same time they found out that Tegan was pregnant. And that started a whole new conversation with people as to how did this even happen? We didn't even know you were together. And for me, I remember when Tegan came and said to me, look, I think I'm pregnant. The first thing that went into my mind was what happened? How, I know what happened, but <laughs> what, how, why is this happening to me? What's going on? My life was all pretty good. I don't know whether I really need this. And I realised at that point of time that I hadn't surrounded myself with the people that I needed. I'd had this world or this life of running things my way and doing things the way I wanted to. And at that point of time, I realised that I didn't have the people that I needed. Interestingly, at that point of time, my mind wandered back to Sunday school days, and, I, and I'm not sure why, but my mind wandered back and it was the time when you were told that there was a God and he created the world and he's a good guy and that he will look after you and you need to rely on him. And I thought, well, maybe there's something in this and, you know, we're about to have a, a little baby and I want to make sure that they have the ability to um, choose for themselves what's on both sides of the coin. So we were on one side and then there was this Christian side as well. And we thought, well, my parents brought me up in that environment, so maybe there's something in this. One thing led to another and one morning I said to Teague and I said, look, what do you think we go to church? Thinking she would say no and that we would just head off for our smashed avocado and coffee together, but she said yes. And I thought, okay, what could be worse? We could turn up to a church. If we don't like it, we'll leave. No one will miss us. We'll try another one maybe. No one will miss us there and we'll go back to life as it was, knowing that we'd tried but it didn't quite work out. But before we went to church, we thought we'd better get married and we didn't want to put a curse on a church or get struck with lightning or anything like that. So we went and got married. We went on our honeymoon and uh, if you want to hear the honeymoon, we had a great time. We looked at every single playground on the north and south island of New Zealand because we, <laughs> we had a one-year-old with us. And it was great. We had a good time. Anyway, we came back. We thought, right, it's okay. We can go now. We went on uh, Google, had a look around, and we saw this photo. I couldn't find it, but we saw this photo of Pastor Bruce and Julie. It must have been from the early 90s and hadn't been updated for a while on the website. But... We thought, look, these guys look okay. Um, <laughs> you don't look like the photo, Pastor Julie, okay. Um, and we, we thought, look, let's go and check it out. We'll, we're just up the road, we'll go. So we get in the car, we drive along, we pull up out the front here. I reckon I've got a little bit of vomit in my mouth, just being nervous about this whole thing. I'm going back into church, far out it has been for so long. We're walking down the side, we've got the pusher with Hayden in it, we're sort of hiding behind the pusher. We get to the front and we get welcomed in um, by, I think it was Narelle Chester and Stephen Mandiagcock. And we thought, Mama, it's okay, we've got in first and they show us around, toiletry out the back, Crash is there, it's like, 
Teagues, there's the crash, one-way mirror. We can go in there and if anything crazy happens in this church, we can sneak out the back <laughs> and it'll be all okay. Anyway, we got through church and had a coffee afterwards and we were talking to some people and as we were driving home, we thought, this is a little bit different to what I expected of church and Tegan hadn't grown up in, a, in church at all, so she um, had no probably expectation other than what I told her and uh, we thought, wow, this is a little bit strange that it was like that and we kept going to church for a while and we got to know people more and more and we spent some time with Bruce and Julie and John and Emma and, and other people and one day we had a guest speaker, his name was Johnny Lee Clary and I don't know if any of you know of him but he was quite high up in the Ku Klux Klan and uh, he was going around Australia and, um, sorry? Yes, yes, I, I was going to say, that's my next point. <laughs> We put our hoods away, didn't we, Pastor Julie? But no, we, um, he was high up in the Ku Klux Klan and when he came to church, he was telling his story about how Jesus had saved him and how radically he had been changed. Anyway, I remember I was sitting up the back sort of where you are, Kimberly, and I was thinking to myself, far out, this guy's got a pretty good story. He was bad and would burn down churches and, and harass people. That sort of resonated with me, not what he actually did but what I was like and what he was like and I, and, and I thought well that's a really important thing for me to understand. We've been in church now, I think I'd been coming for about 18 months before this night and he explained his situation and I thought well that's the same as me. I need to actually make a decision as to what I'm going to do. But it struck me, not so much about that I had to actually put my hand up and say, look, I'd like to be a Christian. But what also struck me just prior to me making that decision was that the reason we were in church and the reason that we were still coming was because we've got a nice bunch of people, but they actually reflected something that we didn't have or that I didn't have. And I didn't know what that was at first. But as I was thinking about it, I thought, well, these guys are actually showing... And reflecting Jesus but in doing so that they are being humble in how they do that we have humble had humble pastors who weren't the humble that I actually had grown up thinking but the the pride and the arrogance and everything had gone with everybody we saw so that night I had to put my hand up and I did it was the hardest thing I ever did I was sweating you know how it is your hand half goes up and then it goes down and you hope they actually don't see it in case they ask you to come out the front and anyway that uh, I did that and at that point of time I realized that I'd fallen short and that I had to actually accept Jesus and in doing that I had to actually humble myself from who I thought I was to who I actually needed to be and so why did I have to do that or why do we have to do that? It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people, sorry, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Now on that day, I didn't probably quite realise that, but... He had already chosen me, but before that, well, at the same time as that, he had created me as his own possession. 
And I had to realise that. And in realising that, I needed to humble myself to say, well, if that's the case, I actually need to stop trying to run things my way and do things myself the way I want to do them. So we have to actually believe that we are created, created as God's own possession. And if we acknowledge that he's done that for us, then we need to humble ourselves and see everybody in that same light. Because it's not just me that he's chosen. It's actually all of us. And I can't stand here and say I'm better than anybody else. Because that would mean that there's a ranking in how we've been chosen and that's not the way that it works. Because it's really important we understand that he chooses us but we have to accept that he's chosen us. And when we accept that he's chosen us, we actually have the ability to become humble and live a life of humility. I used to think that only Christians were chosen. I don't know why, but it would be, well, there's the church there on Sunday and they're all the chosen people and then there's everybody else. But God's actually chosen everybody. A lot of people haven't accepted that at this point of time. There's probably a lot of Christians who haven't accepted that either. But we need to understand that everybody has been chosen, irrespective of what we think, how we look, where we live. God has chosen every one of us, and we need to accept that invitation. What's the Bible say about being humble? Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition... Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, it's pretty clear right there that whatever opinion you may have of yourself or that I have of myself, we're being directed not to use that and look at that as the key in any relationship that we have. Proverbs 11.2. When pride comes... Then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. So the Bible is fairly clear that humility and being humble is a really important characteristic and virtue. If we don't humble ourselves, we may just be humbled anyway. Okay? God's got a funny way of getting our attention. For us, it was, or for me, it was um, uh, us having, ending up having Hayden. You know, now on that day when when Tegan came in, it was like far out. You know, what's now going to happen? Nearly 14 years later, we've got Hayden who was meant to bring this up for me today and left it for you, Abigail. I noticed, so uh, he'll get there. I've been trying to push him to do it, but not at this point in time. We've got Hayden. I've I've had to be humbled another couple of times. I mean, we've got two more kids, Zali and Aubrey. You can't get to a point where you aren't brought to a place where you know that you need to rely on somebody else. It happens quite often. For others, it might be losing a job, health, uh, relationship breakdowns or new relationships. There's been plenty of things in my life that have, that have come and gone, but they always bring me to a point of understanding that I need to rely on God in what I do. And these things only happen to remind us of who we need. Because if we thought we only needed ourselves then these things are never going to come to remind us because we just get on with life. Unlike my younger self, 
who thought, who thought humility was a sign of weakness. It is actually a sign of strength. It means you recognise your limits and your abilities and acknowledge that you need help. It takes an inner strength to accept help from somebody else and not feel like a victim. It's very easy to have somebody come in and feel like they're taking over. They're not actually doing that because we need to move past our feelings of failure or inadequacy and be able to step into the support that these people can give us because we do need help, all of us do, at a different level. I thought I had it all together, but the truth is I didn't. And I probably still think I have it all together to a degree, but I know that I don't. So I have to keep humbling myself. I have to keep coming back to that point of looking to Jesus. Having a humble strength helps us understand that we need others, that we are better together, in the words of Laurie Beattie, that our community is a great community. I'm not sure about you, but for me, there wouldn't be a week or probably a day go by where this community here doesn't impact us in some way, whether it be a text message, whether it be um, church here, connect, whatever it might be, there are things that happen because we're in a community. It takes courage to accept help from other people to leave your ego at the door and accept what others have to offer. So who do you seek advice from? Do you have a go-to person when you need to actually get some help? 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Then it says, All of you, so this is not just the younger, this is all of us, Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and shows favour to the humble. So we need to have these people that we can go to. People that can help us through situations, people who have maybe a greater level of skill or knowledge or wisdom in certain situations. It allows us to admit that we're all created in the image of the same God even though we may have different skills, abilities, views and capabilities. I arrived in church 2009 and I gave myself four weeks. I thought, oh, we'll go four weeks just to give you a chance. <laughs> I said if we didn't like it, we would move on. We might try again, as I said before. But 13 years later, I'm still here and I want to say that we do have the best church. We do have the best pastors and we do have a family of people here who help us every day. Now, that's not just helping me, that's helping everybody here. And the example that our pastors show um, this church, and, and, and I see it because we've, Tegan and I have built a relationship with Bruce and Julie and John, John and Emma and Simon and Georgia and Nick and Stacey. But you, when, you, when you actually get to know them and the risk of getting to know them is worth it because you actually see that the leadership we are getting is coming from that place of humility. It's not coming from any other place. And there may be times when you think, well, why would somebody say that or why would they do that? It's because no one's perfect. But when you actually are coming from the right place, 
that's, that's the leadership that we have. That's the leadership that we need. And we need to humble ourselves to that and we need to honour them for who they are. They've been given to us for this season, for this time. And if we are reflecting Jesus, who's being reflected to us through our leaders, we need to continue to pass that on more and more. So if we believe we were created in God's own image, we need to reflect who he is. Okay, imagine getting that wrong in everything that you do. Hi, I'm a Christian, I'm reflecting Jesus. And when people look at you, they go, no, you're not. You're not reflecting the Jesus that I think. And I can give numerous examples of when I haven't done that well. And I could give examples of when I think others haven't. But it's not about me expecting something of others. It's about me expecting that of me. And I need to look at what I'm doing, not at what others are doing, and measure myself to the expectation that God has of me as one of his chosen people. He's chosen me, he's created me in his image, and I need to live out of that grace that I know that I can give that humility, I can live in that place of humility when I'm talking with others. So can I ask the band to come back up? I have a question and I've got a little bit of a task. Who do you see or what do you see when you look in the mirror? I tried this the other day when I was preparing this and it's not a very easy thing to do, just sit in the mirror and just stare at yourself. And what we need to be able to do is look in that mirror and say, that is a reflection of God, that person is a reflection of God, that person is created in God's own image and look at yourself and reflect on what it is that you do, how you, ref- how you reflect him and why you reflect him. What has he done for you? How has he changed things in your world? Because those moments of humility will come and we need to see them for what they are. They're not a harsh lesson, but they're an opportunity for us to connect with him again and come back to that point where he gives us the strength to do what we need to do. So let's remember whose we are, not who we are. Because we are God's. He's created us. He's given us the ability to be humble. And we need to be able to do that. Now you might be asking yourself, what the heck is he even talking about? It doesn't make any sense to me. And that was me a number of years ago. But all of this has got to do with a relationship with God because if we don't have that fundamental relationship with God, it's going to be very hard to reflect Him. It's also going to be very hard to continue to be humble just to other people because they will let you down and then all of a sudden you choose not to be humble to them anymore. But when it comes to God, as that song said, He will never let us down. And that makes it a whole lot easier to be humble when we know that the person that we're actually humbling ourselves to won't ever go and won't ever leave us. Now, if you don't have a relationship with God or you've had one and it slipped away a little bit, like me when I was sitting up the back over there, there's an opportunity and I'm not going to do what Johnny Lee Clary does, which is, well, he doesn't now because he's passed away, but 
put your hand up, come down the front, we're all going to pray for you. It's not that. I'll be down the front. There'll be other leaders down here. If you want to come down and have a chat to me or any of those leaders about your relationship with God, how you're going with humility or anything else, we'll be down here to pray with you because it's an important decision to make. It's going to be a hard one because being humble is not a natural thing for a lot of people, but it's something that we need to do if we're going to reflect who God is in our lives. And I can honestly say that you can't do it alone, but living a life that reflects Jesus through being humble will be hard as well, but it will be seriously rewarding. So come down and catch up with one of us after, um, and we are going to break soon for coffee, but before we do, I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Julie will come back up. She's got something else just to share but let's just let's just pray mighty God thank you father that you give us the opportunity to make a choice to reflect you father thank you that you are worth reflecting thank you father that although we fail at times not to do it well that you never give up that you continue to be with us and that you continue to strengthen us Lord I ask today that For any of us who are struggling with living a life of humility, that you will bring us to a point of recognising that so that we can actually change, that we can step into that life that you've given us, that you've promised us, where you are our leader, you're our king, and we know, Father, that you are leading us on a good path. In your name, amen.